You're listening to a sermon podcast for a time like this from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We've learned a lot of new terms and phrases since the beginning of this pandemic. Sheltering in place, social distancing, and so on. Lately, the one that has struck me as odd is opening the economy. Because while I understand what people mean by that phrase, I would have picked a different term. The entire economy hasn't closed. We haven't stopped exchanging money for goods and or services. Sections of the economy are closed, but other sections are booming. Toilet paper, Lysol products, hand sanitizer, they are almost consistently sold out. So is flour and yeast because suddenly bread baking is North America's number one pastime. You know what else is selling really well and as a result have become difficult to find? Puzzles. Just go online and try to buy a puzzle. It's impossible, or almost impossible. Now, I've been doing puzzles since before it was cool, and I love how the picture begins to take shape as I slowly fit in piece after piece. Sometimes when a puzzle wasn't created very well, it's possible to put the same piece in multiple places. You can put a piece in a space it is not meant to go, and I hate that. Other times, I know I need a particular piece, and I look, and I look, and I sift, and I sort, and I just cannot seem to find it. I know I need an orange piece with three outies and one innie, and it's got to be in the box, but I just can't find it. Until suddenly I realize I've been staring at the piece the whole time, I just hadn't recognized it. Our gospel story begins... Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. Seven miles is a little over 11 kilometers, so that's a decent walk. More than long enough to have a rich, detailed conversation, if you're so inclined. So two of them are walking. Which two? One is a man named Cleopas. He is named in the text. And N.T. Wright speculates that the second person is his wife, Mary. There's a story in the Gospel of John about a married couple with those names, and Wright believes that it is likely that these are the same people. So if Wright is correct, Mary and her husband Cleopas are walking to Emmaus, talking about current events, and there would have been a lot to talk about. There hadn't been a slow news day in quite some time, in fact. First Jesus was arrested, then tried, then crucified, and then, well, the next part of the story was rather puzzling. Beyond current events, we don't know exactly what they were talking about, but whatever the content of the conversation, the purpose of the conversation was most likely to try and make meaning out of everything that had happened, to try and wrap their heads around all the ways their lives have been turned on their heads in such a short period of time to try and make sense of things and to try and decide what they should believe, how they should feel, what they should do next. I suspect we can all relate to that unsettled feeling. 
the events are different, and each one of us is having a different experience of this pandemic, but all our lives changed in a very short period of time when it became clear that we needed to begin to shelter in place to protect each other by limiting the spread of COVID-19. Did you have exciting plans over the next few months? Well, odds are they've been canceled, and you can't really make a lot of new plans either. Pretty much everything that can't be turned into a Zoom call is in a holding pattern right now. This is not how I thought my spring would unfold. I never thought I'd spend so much time at home. I never thought I'd sing into a computer. I never thought I'd wear a mask at the grocery store. And I never thought I'd watch TV and shout, stop touching your face. And what are you doing standing so close together? And please stop touching your face. (laughs) And I certainly never thought I wouldn't be able to hug my family whenever I wanted to. Life has changed. We will never go back to exactly the way things were. But we can and we will go forward. But right now, we are like Mary and Cleopas walking on the road, trying to make sense of things that make no sense. It is at this point that Jesus appears and joins them on their walk, but they don't realize it's Jesus. And it's not because Jesus had changed and was automatically unrecognizable. The text tells us that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Jesus approaches them and asks, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? After Jesus asks the question, we're told, they stood still, looking sad. Have you had a chance to stand still since this pandemic began? Have you been able to make space for your grief? Everyone is having a different experience of this pandemic. Some people are finding themselves with not enough to do. Some are finding new ways to fill their time, and some people are working more than they've ever worked before. But I believe we are all, in our own unique ways, grieving, and I hope we will all find space to stand still and acknowledge the truth of what we are feeling. I'll hope we'll learn to be honest and gentle with ourselves, knowing that whatever we're feeling is okay, and whatever we need to do to get through this pandemic is exactly what we need to do. Not judgment, but curiosity. Not condemnation, but gentleness. Jesus asks them a question. What are you talking about? And now Cleopas and Mary have a choice to make. Will they tell the truth to this stranger, or will they lie? Will they admit that they're talking about Jesus? Will they admit that they're also followers of Jesus? It's a difficult decision to make. This man is a stranger and they have no reason to trust him. They have no reason to trust that if they tell the stranger that they are followers of Jesus Christ, that he won't report them to the authorities. And yet that's what they choose to do. Even though it was dangerous, they not only tell Jesus the basic details of recent events, they boldly make it clear that they were among Jesus' followers. They don't say, Jesus of Nazareth, who some people thought was a prophet... They say, Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. Of this they are confident, Jesus was a prophet. But then, as they continue to tell the story, their confidence wavers. We had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. 
we had hoped. Now those hopes are gone. They had believed that Jesus was a prophet, but more than that, that he was the Messiah, the one who would save Israel, and now they're not sure. Jesus died, which logically means he couldn't have been the Messiah, or at least that's what they'd been thinking for the past few days, but now some members of their company have claimed to see Jesus alive. Now what are they supposed to believe? I believed a lot of things two months ago that I don't believe now. They're smaller, more mundane things than whether or not Jesus is the Messiah, but I understand the unsettling feeling of discovering that things you were sure were true aren't true. I understand how it can make even the ground underneath your feet begin to feel unstable. I have different hopes now as well. Two months ago, I hoped for many things that just aren't going to happen anymore. And now while I still have hope, my sense of the future, of what I can look forward to, feels cloudy. Feels a bit like what I imagine Mary and Cleopas are feeling as they tell this story to Jesus. N.T. Wright notes that Cleopas's puzzled statement only needs the slightest twist in order to turn it into a joyful statement of early Christian faith. They crucified him, but we had hoped he would redeem Israel, would shortly become, they crucified him, and that was how he did redeem Israel. But before they can begin to understand what had just happened, they had to be prepared. They, like everybody else in Israel, had been reading the Bible through the wrong end of the telescope. They had been seeing it as the long story of how God would redeem Israel from suffering. But instead, it was the story of how God would redeem Israel through suffering. Jesus listens to Mary and Cleopas even though he actually knows the whole story. Never underestimate the value of listening to someone else's story, even if you already know the basic details. There's power in letting someone talk and listening when they do. After he listens, Jesus says, some version of, you've got everything you need to understand what's going on. You've just got the puzzle pieces mixed up. Here, let me sort it out for you. And then Luke tells us that, beginning with the stories of Moses and all the prophets, Jesus begins to fit all the pieces of the puzzle together. Without revealing his own identity, he fits all the details of scripture and current events together to show who the Messiah is and why he had to die. He doesn't finish the puzzle, though. He saves the final piece for later in the story. When their destination is in sight, Mary and Cleopas invite Jesus to stay with them, and he agrees. They eat a meal together, and during that meal, Jesus takes bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them. It's the final piece of the puzzle. The image suddenly clicks into focus. Luke tells us, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us when he was talking to us on the road while he was opening the scriptures to us? They're so excited that they leave their home and go all the way back to Jerusalem, another seven miles, so that they can tell the other disciples what's happened. And when they find them and tell them everything that had happened, they said, he was made known to us in the breaking of the bread. For the time being, in order to show love to each other and to our neighbors, We cannot gather together. We cannot break bread in this building. 
But that doesn't mean that Jesus will not be made known to us. Although we are often quick to point out the parallels between this story of Jesus breaking bread and our Eucharistic practice, that moment actually has a lot more in common with an everyday meal in your home. Gathering for Eucharist is so valuable, and I long to do it again, but it's not the only way we can encounter the risen Christ. May you encounter the risen Christ when you go for a walk outside. May you encounter the risen Christ when you go online. May you encounter the the risen Christ whenever you sit down to eat. And if you're one of the lucky people who has flour and yeast and time and inclination to bake your own bread, then I pray that Jesus will be made known to you in the baking of that bread. May you encounter the risen Christ throughout each day, whatever it holds. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For information on our church, including further resources during these days of the COVID-19 global pandemic, or to provide support for our online work, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. Thanks for listening.